You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate, feel free to do so. The number here is 608 608- Five zero one zero seven one eight. 718 New callers do go directly to the front of the line, but we don't have any new callers. So let's see what Thomas Austin has to say. Hey, Ryan. Got a couple questions for you. All right. Uh, what is the best group that the Packers currently have? Which position group is the best? Followed by, how would you fix the safety position? Uh, what's your thoughts on Bakhtiari following and Rogers' conspiracy theory ideology? Uh, noticed on Twitter he's kind of going down a certain route. Um, uh, will Rogers sell his ownership of the Bucks? All right, we got to slow down. I can't keep these uh, together here. Uh, the best position group the Packers have. My first immediate thought goes to uh, Edge. Biggest issue is there's a lot of questions everywhere. Running back actually might be the best because there aren't a ton of questions there. There's a really high ceiling with Edge though, especially if Lucas Van Ness can kind of take a uh, have a pretty good rookie season. And depending on when Rashawn comes back, um, like our corners a lot. Offensive line is solid, but running back is probably the best answer. But I mean, it, it potential like what what positions could end up being our best this year that wouldn't surprise me. Wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, defensive tackle, maybe edge rusher, cornerback, linebacker. None of those would massively surprise me. It's just a matter of how clean they can play and, and can they play up to their potential. Um, how would I fix the safety position? I wouldn't because I can't. I, I just, I can't. There's, there's nothing I can do. I, I, there's, there's nobody I can go out and buy. And even if there was, I don't have the money. The draft is over. Not that that would fix it anyways. The only thing I can do is do exactly what we're doing. We're, we have a pile of guys. we got Savage, Ford, Moore, Owens, Levitt, Anthony Johnson, Benny Sapp, and Innis Gaines. They're all going to play. We're going to find out who does a good job and hope that guys like Darnell Savage um, can kind of figure things out and just do the best you can with what you got. I, I don't think there's any fixing. There, there's a, not a whole lot of fixing that's going to be done at this point. Your team is more or less your team right now. How do I feel about Bakhtiari going down a uh, Rogers conspiracy, conspiracy theory path? I haven't really seen that, so I don't know. Will Rogers sell ownership of the Bucks? Let me let me let you finish that because I'm not sure exactly if that's the end of the question. Uh, so got into it on Twitter with a couple Bears fans. Alone. I guess that was um. I don't see why. I mean, obviously he's not here anymore, but I mean, it's still a, a, a cool thing to be part owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. You know what I wonder? Can you sell that share? Because I feel like that's something you're invited into. I mean, I guess you there you wouldn't be stuck, but it would be maybe hard to get out of it because I don't think you can just unilaterally sell it to whoever you want. Somebody would have to be, maybe you could sell it back to the original owners. 
And the reason I wonder is because there's probably a pretty hefty return on that. I'm guessing the bucks have gone up in value even in that short period of time. So if there were another offer, maybe you look for a uh, New York team, New Jersey. I don't know. Does Jersey have? I don't know anything about basketball. I don't care. I know you got the the Knicks, but does Jersey have a team? They have a hockey team, right? The Devils, I think. I remember looking recently at, at the different teams, like in basketball and stuff. And I'm like, there have been some changes because I have never heard of some of these teams. And by changes, I mean like since the days of me playing video games of, you know, hockey, basketball, baseball in like the 90s. I don't remember that team from NBA Jam. But I don't know. Just just keep it. And if you just never want to come back to Wisconsin again, you, I suppose you probably don't have to, right? In order to be part owner. And if there is, then you sell it back to them. You make a bunch of money and you go find something else to do with that money. To go. And one of them kept bringing up Vegas to support their uh, data and analysis sure. on why the Bears are going to be better. And my thought about that is, uh, why do people put so much stock in Vegas's numbers? Because they're pretty good with it, but they're not perfect. And football is such an, a week-in, week-out type of uh, sport that it's hard to be like, certain that things will go down the path that you believe it to. Um, with that being said, uh, what's more likely, the pack? All right. I never know when the question ends. Um, I generally put a good amount of stock in Vegas, but I understand that that's certainly not the be-all, end-all, and there are other variables to it. But I like it much more than just blowhards on TV, because the people that initially, and I've got, I went over this before, it was uh, how this all pans out. What these guys will do is the, these massive number crunchers who have just these, I'm sure, massive machines and, and uh, algorithms and everything else to figure out things like win total for the season. And they plug all the data in that they can and out comes a result. And so they will put that result out there. And then what happens is there are these really good betters. I almost think there's a process in which not every, it's not open to everybody. Can't exactly remember, but you get your, your, your sharks, your guys who are really, really good at this stuff, and they start betting. And if they start betting really heavy in one direction, the market, so to speak, will correct for that. Because essentially Vegas is realizing, hey, I think something was kind of messed up with our algorithm based on the betting, and so we need to make some adjustments. But that's still just correcting for trying to be as accurate as possible. Now, with that said, there is the factor of public opinion. And that may, I, I generally downplay that a little bit because I think it causes people to just completely disregard Vegas. And it would also be kind of worthwhile to see maybe what the initial line was coming out as opposed to what it has moved to. In other words, if Vegas put all their stock into, like, the Packers are going to win seven games and the line really hasn't moved at all, it's hard to argue that public opinion has pushed it. Because generally what Vegas likes to do is balance the odds on either side so that it ends up as close to 50-50 as far as the bets as possible. And then they make their money largely just on the, the uh, commissions or whatever. In other words, it's, they, they're trying to essentially break even on the bet and then just rake in their cash on uh, sort of the laziest way to do it, I guess, rather than actually try to be correct. And I don't know. But they make a ton of money doing that. But but that would be the thing to watch, right? If, if Vegas came out and they're like, we think the Packers are going to win nine games, and that trended down to eight and a half, and then eight, and then seven and a half, and then seven, that could be public opinion pushing that down, which is irrelevant because public opinion is irrelevant. It's, it's an irrelevant detail. That would be my thought on it. I'm sure there's a ton that goes into this betting stuff that I'm not aware of, but generally what the first thing that comes out or, or the early betting lines would be what I'm most interested in. As the line starts to trend, unless, you know, I mean, it, it could happen in the NFL season as somebody, you know, breaks their leg or something that would cause something to change drastically, obviously. But if nothing's really happened to change things and it's largely just public opinion pushing in one direction. And we, the reason that it matters so much, I think, in this instance is because the, the Packers are massively undervalued. And so really, honestly, that's probably where you make your money in betting. You try to find the bets in which public perception is just wrong. And the Packers are a very easy one. Right, because the, the the layman will look at it and say they only won X games last year, and then they lost Rodgers. They're doomed. They're done. They're cooked. Right, which again we don't need to rehash that. We understand the thaw the flaws in that. But from a Vegas standpoint, 
in a sense, you're you're kind of looking at public opinion. And so if you have Bears fans who are screaming at you about look at what Vegas says, although you're you're probably it's probably not the worst thing to to monitor what Vegas says and not not overestimate or underestimate too far from what they're saying. A lot of that could be public opinion. And and um Rogers leaving over devalues the team, undervalues the team below what it should be because again, Rodgers had a bad year last year by almost every metric. The defense was on a low, right? Way worse than 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 expected. There's a really low perception of our wide receivers below what even makes sense. Again, Christian Watson toward the end of last year was seen as a superstar. Everybody forgot. It's like, "Oh, you got all young guys and it's just going to be a disaster." Okay. Kind of like the better was talking about before there's actually a range right everybody's honing in on the probably bad but really there's a range and so if everything is seen as probably bad probably bad probably bad probably bad and that's just how they're being perceived right jordan love is probably bad the wide receivers are probably bad the defense is probably still bad if any single thing is not the lowest possible outcome the packers are going to overachieve above and beyond what the expectation is so it's a weird thing where you're, you're, you can certainly be a fool by disregarding Vegas, but you're also somewhat of a fool to assume that Vegas is 100% correct about everything. And, and especially with this, I think there are certain things also that Vegas can really hone in on. I mean, football is tough to begin with, um, but like from week to week, if you're looking at week 16, they've got a ton of data on, for example, the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. So if they're going into a game You've got a lot of data to work with, how they perform at home, how they perform on the road, every single individual player and all those things and all the injuries and how much an injury at a specific position of somebody of that caliber, how much that moves the needle. I mean, every single thing is a data point. What do you do with the Packers when you have zero data points with so much of of the team, right? So that's when public perception probably weighs heavier in that instance than in other instances that I may weigh Vegas a little bit more heavier more heavier listen to me Bears being absolute garbage or the bears being the worst team in the nfc north and uh who of these young guys has the capability of being the next superstar player so i think there was a question in that first part what's more likely the packers being absolute garbage or the bears being the worst team in the nfc north well i'm assuming you just mean which is more likely the bears or the packers are at the bottom i mean it in my opinion, and obviously I'm a Packer fan, I would go with the team that was just there last year. I mean, it's the same reason why I, I, I generally give the team at the top, the Vikings in this case, the, the nod as far as who wins. Because you kind of have to prove you're not going to get there. Now you can adjust that based on, you know, if some crazy stuff has happened. But the Bears have to prove that they're better. And I haven't seen them do anything that would make me go, oh shoot, I'm scared now. Zero things. There's not a single thing they've done in the offseason that scares me. And I don't know why Bears fans think that we're, everybody should be scared of them now because of the linebacker and guard thing. Justin Fields has to prove he can throw a football consistently, really well, like NFL quarterbacks do. So the Bears are the worst team in football until they can prove that they're anything other than that. Anyways, I don't know if you finished this question. Let's find out. Well, who's looking to have a breakout season? Who has the it factor to where you can see them growing and becoming the that guy well the obvious answer unless we want to say he already broke out is christian watson um i think there's still plenty of doubt and and to some degree rightly so but he demonstrated his top end potential we all knew the top end potential was really high and he he showed that and um i think he's just scratching the surface and i think that would be the certainly the most obvious choice even if we didn't know he would probably be the best choice just because of his ceiling being so high it's it's in my opinion higher than Jaden reed and romeo dobbs and uh i don't know maybe maybe not luke musgrave i don't know but um the tight ends certainly are are in the conversation but tight ends are impossible to to know but yeah watson would be probably my choice if watson is not allowed for talking about let's say for example rookies um it's kind of tough because Jaden Reed is on the tip of my tongue, and I would really love to say that, but I think the possibility of there being a superstar tight end and the impact, that we know the impact of that. It's massive. I mean, honestly, we would if you were to ask teams, and let's just assume they're both like 22 years old or something, take age out of the equation, would you rather have Justin Jefferson or Travis Kelsey? I don't know what the answer would be, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Travis Kelsey. 
especially since it's, I don't want to say easy to find wide receivers, but it's a heck of a lot easier to find a wide receiver than a tight end. But um, yeah, if Kraft or Musgrave, and I, I would start with Musgrave to be the, the highest probability superstar at the tight end position, um, that would be, I guess, my number two option. And also, um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm, I don't either. I was about to ask another question, but it wasn't going to be about football because it's the off season. Well, I mean, we can talk about football. We want this off season. However, it's going to get kind of boring after a while, uh, just due to the fact that things hit a standstill for a little bit. Um, but looking forward to hearing about the OTAs. You're listening about just you know everything pretty much. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of rambling at this moment, trying to figure out. And I okay, I got it. Um, have you ever uh, been to a restaurant to where you've built a relationship with the workers there? No. To where like they know your name, you know their name. No. Nope. Maybe they give you a discount. Because last night I went and got dinner for my whole family, and normally people have to pay $36, and I only had to pay 12 <laughs> It was glorious. Okay. All right, bye. No, uh, we actually don't go to restaurants all that often. I will say, though, this Italian place that my wife and I really like, um, I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of becomes that, because it's a really small, intimate little area. And there's basically like one waiter and one chef, and that's the whole restaurant. So um, if we go back there a couple more times, I wouldn't be surprised, especially since how memorable that experience can be for the waiter, especially with my wife, who has very specific. (laughs) So we go, when I say fancy, I'm talking like middle of nowhere fancy. I'm not talking necessarily five star or whatever, but... It's a nice, you know, the the lights are down, there's tablecloths, and there's, you know, some light Italian music going on in the background. You know, it's, it's high-quality stuff. You know, you got to make a reservation because the chef needs to know how much food he needs because so, he makes everything fresh, all that, that whole thing. Um, we go there, and my wife's, like, special ordering stuff. <laughs> you know, something you shouldn't do at a, a fancy restaurant like this, but uh, we'll go and... It was funny because she got a pasta dish that she loved, and we couldn't remember what it was. She took a picture of it. She showed the waiter the picture of it, and he's like, "I don't know what that is. I, uh, it might be this, but we haven't made that in a long time." And so she ended up getting a dish, which we figured out what it was. She got one of the dishes on the menu, and then said, "Oh, can you throw some marinara in that? Like, because I love your marinara sauce. Just like mix that in. Like, oh, don't do that." Just eat it the way that he makes it. So he'll probably remember us, especially if she goes back and shows him a picture again. Like, hey, you make me this thing again? I'm the lady with the special order. But no, we don't have uh, anything like that for anything, really. I would like to get on that level with the butcher, but I don't go there all that often. Um, I just think that would be kind of a cool thing to be able to have the butcher know you but they're also kind of like crabby in there a little bit you know like i feel like i don't i don't want to bother them (laughs) which is it's funny because that's actually like when you read the reviews they'll actually kind of mention that and i kind of like that at first but then it's like i want to be able to go in there and be like hey man you want to like tell me about some stuff but they kind of just scowl at you like what do you want well there's a lady out front who tries to make it seem a little less whatever but then there's some guy who just comes out of the back from butchering up an animal and just kind of folds his arms and stares at you like, what? It's like, dude, I, I don't know, man. Go away, I want to talk to the lady. Stop staring at me. Plus, I don't want to feel stupid. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like, hey, can I get this? And like, what are you talking about, you idiot? I don't know, man. I, I saw a YouTube video and they said you could talk to your butcher about, I'm just going to go to freaking Walmart, get 10 pounds of ground hamburger. All right, leave me alone. Uh, hey, y'all, this is Dakota, that nerd in Tennessee. Uh, so I'm calling back because last time I um, was on the road from Gatlinburg back to Memphis. Nice. And uh, out there. I had learned as soon as I started the call that um, my beautiful lady had somehow gotten the car locked, which it shouldn't happen. That's the battery died in our gotcha. What's it called? Key. So technically it's not her fault, but still, I walked out and we were locked out of the car for half a second. So. Yay. Um, the importance of this call to me is much 
lesser than it was right after I heard that call from Jersey Mike before, but since I started it, I guess I want to try to finish the call. I guess that's what I need to do is finish the things I start. So Jersey Mike said everything on our, uh, uh, what's this thing called that we got? This team, yes, everything on our team has been upgraded. Now, you are not going to hear any argument from me stating that I would rather have Randall Cobb than Jaden Reed right now. Even though we don't know what Jaden Reed will be, we do know what Randall Cobb would be, right. and that is what I like to call not it. Yeah. Randall Cobb wasn't it. He needed to go. You know, Alan Lazard's pretty cool, but he was more of a role player, so he's gone. That's fine. We will we'll build our team back up as far as the wide receivers. Um I mean, I miss Mercedes Lewis, man. I ain't going to miss Mercedes Lewis, the player, so much. I mean, I like having the younger folks. So, yeah, youth in itself is fantastic. But we did not, and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm getting myself across here, we did not upgrade the QB yet. Now, Jordan Love is, as whoever said it, is Schrodinger's QB, right? I mean, he could be his floor is well below Aaron Rodgers' floor. I mean, Aaron Rodgers' floor is what we saw probably last year. Uh, Jordan Love's ceiling is not MVP, at least not this year. I mean, it could be in the future, but it won't be this year. Aaron Rodgers' ceiling could be MVP. So as far as the football play on the field, we did not upgrade. However, we need that youth, right? We need Jordan Love's buy-in. We need his hunger. Right, we need him to be able to to uh, get along, to to connect with the rest of the team. Right, we we as fans need a different type of buy-in from our players than we've had. So I would consider that an upgrade. But I just wanted to make it clear that. Oh boy. Let Dakota finish that. Thing. I did it. I did it. I know. The Cardinal fan. Right. I'm not shutting up. It's all right. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying that uh, I don't consider it as an upgrade as on the field play. I consider it as an upgrade as overall experience, you know, that a fan gets from their football team. And I do consider it preferential that we have Jordan Love, a quarterback, than Aaron Rodgers. Um, but he is the better player at this moment. Unless... Jordan Love just absolutely kills it, and then I'm gonna lose my whole mind. And <laughs> yeah, and then the last thing I say is I do apologize for cussing. I know. I mean, if anybody knew me in real life, I don't like. I do that. I just, you know, I like to follow the rules, so I, I don't do it on here. So I'm gonna bring the Mayberry back to Packernet Podcast, and all you're gonna hear <laughs> is the dag nabs, the gosh darns, and the doggones from me. All right, y'all. <laughs> well, the 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 first thing I have to ask you, Dakota, being from Memphis, have you been to Memphis in May? I know it's not a big like spectator thing necessarily, but I figure since you're from there, you must have at least wandered down there. I I you know I listened to Malcolm Reed, who's in your neck of the woods down there from Hernando, and so every year I listen to a bunch of, especially this time of year. I, right now, that's pretty much I am listening to a little bit of Packer stuff. I'm getting much bigger into podcasts since I'm outside grilling all day. But um, it's it's Packers and barbecue stuff, and and since Memphis in May is going on, that's all anybody's talking about. It's like, man, I gotta. Part of me wants to get down there. And part of me is gonna be like, this isn't, you know, because again, it's not really a spectator thing necessarily, but it still feels like wrong that I haven't been to it. You know, like a rite of passage. If you haven't been there, are you? Do you even do you even grill, bro? But as far as the point you made, I'm 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 gonna try to make sure I I. I get it right because I, I I think I get what you're saying and it's slightly different than my take on it. And it kind of goes back to what I said before that there's there's good, there's bad, and then there's I don't know, right? So when you say we haven't upgraded our quarterback yet, maybe we're maybe it's just semantics and we're saying the same thing, but it's it's not that we didn't do it; it's that we don't know if we did it, right? It's the same with Jaden Reed. I would be surprised. It's not the same because, you know, Jordan probably won't reach that level and Jaden probably will reach. But anyways, um, it would be surprising to me if Jaden Reed was worse than late-stage Randall Cobb. That would suck, right? 
But we don't know. So we probably upgraded, but I don't know. With Jordan Love, you can say we probably did or probably didn't, but we don't know. But I wouldn't necessarily agree with the statement that is just straight out, we did not improve that area. I, I also wouldn't necessarily agree with the statement that we did, because we don't know. Um, there's that, Which is a lot of the team right now. Even some of the... I mean, technically it's everybody, because you never know from year to year how guys are going to perform, Elton Jenkins, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, even though we think we generally have a baseline. But there's a difference between that, which is the season-to-season fluctuations within our understanding of who that player is, and genuinely just not having a baseline of information. And so, look, I, I, I think Jordan Love is going to struggle. I hope that he comes out and is able to just execute even in sort of a basic way to prevent it from being a disaster. And I don't want to put a limiter on him or anything like that or say that he can't reach incredible heights. But for me, for year one, if he can come out and just not be, in a sense, a laughingstock and can execute... I would say at, you know, in a different way, but roughly at the level that Rodgers did or slightly better, I think that would be okay. And as, as much as people would get upset with saying better than Rodgers, you're out of your mind. Here, here is what I will say about that. If Jordan Love plays at the exact same level, I'm talking throw for throw that Aaron Rodgers did, the narrative is going to be Jordan Love is not a good quarterback. The only reason that was not said about Rodgers is because it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had a down year. If Jordan Love throw for throw, I'm talking... That throw, you know, t- to a wide-open David Bakhtiari that fell five yards short right into Aiden Hutchinson's hands, like, that's going to be on a loop. Every single time a Jordan Love discussion comes up as evidence of how garbage that human being is. And that was just one of the throws. On top of the billion different, you know, videos of guys being open and the ball not going there. And I understand sometimes those videos are taken out of context. you got to understand the defense of this, that, or the other. And sometimes it is absolutely not. Sometimes it's just bad throws, overthrows, underthrows. No throws, throws when it shouldn't have been a throw, throw over here when it should have been over there, whatever. I'm just saying, if Jordan Love is on the exact same level, throw for throw, as Jordan Love was last year, the good thing about it is he'll have a top 10 PFF grade, so at least we can cling on to that and be like, yeah, well, suck it, he's better than Justin Fields. Because Fields ain't going to be top 10. Well, he might if he runs really, really well and is barely subpar as a passer. He might crack the top 10, I don't know. That 98 rushing grade is going to carry a lot of weight going to be doing a lot of heavy lifting and i mean heavy lifting but aside from that i think it's going to be it's going to be negative so anyways um back to the original point i think it's it's largely speculation so i don't have any issue with somebody saying i think we actually upgraded the team or i would be surprised if we upgraded the team i don't think we did but what i do know for a fact is that we don't know i don't know if jordan love is or is not an upgrade over aaron Rodgers, whether that be 2022 or 2011 I can make an educated guess, but I don't know. Jaden Reed, Randall Cobb, I don't know. Educated guess says he's better than Randall was for us last year. But I could be very wrong about that, and he could be a terrible wide receiver, at least to start off his career. So, again, I might just be getting nitpicky with the the way in which I say it, but that's kind of how I see it as opposed to the way that you phrase that, I guess. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break right here. We'll come back and see what Garrett from SIU has to say. I know he's not at SIU, but I just like to say that. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. 
That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Ryan. It's Garrett. Hey. I uh, just wanted to give my take on a couple of things that were brought up in the last Packernet After Dark. Uh, Steve from Alaska made some really good points about some stuff, and one of them was uh, no CMs really do suck. They kind of remind me of a Bears fan. Uh, when you just got kind of one you know, flying around you and you swat it, you know, you've taken care of it. Uh, it's pretty easy to uh, eliminate it, but when you got like thousands and thousands of them swarming around, uh, you know, it, it's a pretty awful thing. Uh, even though they're real, real, real tiny, uh, they become a nuisance, just like Bears fans. But uh, when Bears start losing, they become no CMs also. So there you go. Uh, I wanted to uh, ask you real quick um, when it comes to, you know, this downtime between. Now and preseason, when we just got training camp and everything, um, I was just kind of wondering uh, if you had any new ideas regarding uh, going back and, and looking at uh, just how the team had played last year and how different you think this year's team is going to look like when it comes to uh, Matt LaFleur's offense. Um, I know guys have come in on this a few times, and I know you you have hit on a little bit, but... Um, I really do think drastically uh, this team is going to look a lot different. Um, and I'm really excited about it because it's going to look different. Um, I know that all in all, you know, we are going to be starting some rookies and that's going to really change how this team plays. But uh, I think it is going to be a very run heavy uh, offense this year and uh, Love is going to get the ball out quick. And just want to see what you thought about to expand on that. I'm out. Yeah, it's an extremely popular question. Um, I don't really know the best way to answer that question. Um, again, the, the 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 biggest issue I have is that there's so many variables, and it's hard to know, for example, how much of this had to do with. I don't know why the volume's getting so quiet all of a sudden. How much of it had to do with you know Rodgers? How much of it had to do with the offense being built around Rodgers? And how much of it was what we saw last year was was the Matt Lafleur offense and what they intend to do with Jordan Love? The only assumption that I can really come to, without any real actual knowledge of anything, is what a lot of other people have kind of pointed to, and that is I think with Aaron Rodgers you saw a very wide receiver based offense, a very attacking the boundary based offense whether that be wide receiver screens to the outside or deep shots down the sideline, that always kind of felt like the way that we were attacking. And I I genuinely think, especially with the heavy investment in tight end, um, the way that Jordan Love plays, the investment in Jaden Reed, I think we're going to see more compressed formations, more under center, more of that true, what at least what we came to believe was the Matt LaFleur offense, which is those first three or four steps all look the same. They all look like a run play. And then it's a question of, is he going to give it to the running back? Is he going to boot out of that and, and throw a pass? Is he going to quick turn and, and throw a quick strike? Is it, you know, what, what exactly does this all turn into? There are infinite combinations of what it can turn into. But ultimately, that is the complication with trying to stop this offense is it all generally looks the same. That isn't to say there's never going to be any shotgun or anything like that. But I just think there's going to be more of that. I think it'll be... You know, maybe looking a little bit more like what San Francisco's looked like the last several years. But again, I don't, I really don't know. And I don't think we'll know. Honestly, I don't think the Packers, I think if you were to ask Matt LaFleur, they have some ideas. I don't think they know. And I think they've kind of explained that to us in terms of, um, 
you know, they need to see how things work. They need to see Jordan Love in action. They need to find out what works best for him. But it also matters the guys around him. If Musgrave and Tucker Craft really are not the answer or just not ready year one, you're not going to build an offense around your tight ends when you don't have any. It reminds me of when Matt LaFleur was the offensive coordinator in ten- Tennessee. He mentioned they built the entire offense around their tight end. That was Delaney Walker. But it was only because of Delaney Walker. Right Once Delaney Walker went down, I think before the season even started or very early, they had to retool the offense. And that's when Derrick Henry really started to shine, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, an offense that has Devontae Adams and, and Aaron Jones and no real tight ends is going to look different than an offense with, you know, tight ends and, and wide receiver and running back maybe more on a more even playing field. And, we, and, and again, we got to see what that is. Maybe we have some elite tight ends and the wide receivers just aren't really it. That's going to be a different looking offense. So and and that really is is the hope I guess from my perspective as far as Matt LaFleur is concerned is the hope that that is what's going to happen, you know, as opposed to Matt just kind of being like I don't know, this is what I know and I want to cuz all all the coaches say the right things, right? It's all about, you know, building to your player strengths and all that, but at the same time, dude, you, you learn to play football a certain way. You know, yes, you know about different schemes and and different ways of doing things, but you're kind of an expert in only one thing. Your ability to actually adapt that scheme is a whole other thing. So uh, th- that'll be the interesting piece for Matt LaFleur. And I think he can because we saw it with Rodgers. I don't think what he was doing with Rodgers was necessarily his ideal offense. But um, that really is important. And, and I think it's kind of where Joe Barry was failing last year. It's not that the scheme is a failure. It's that he was failing to adapt his scheme to his players. And and it was at the end of the season when we saw the scheme and the players kind of marry together. And that's what we're hoping we see this year. So that's going to be the thing. Find out what we have in the players, then find a way to marry the scheme with the players to maximize the value of the offense. But as far as the just straight up question, what does that look like? I don't think anybody knows yet. I think there's a general idea of what Matt LaFleur would kind of like in an ideal world. And then again, look at the heavy investment in tight end and all that. And you kind of get an idea probably where they would like to go. But, um, what the finished product will be, you know, in, in week 14, 15, 16, we'll have to see. Brian, I have to agree uh, with Bach on that whole uh, scenario of production for the release of the schedule. And I come up with a couple of other ideas maybe to float out there that maybe they could uh, do a, uh, a redo on. Uh, maybe have Simone Biles uh, walk in the field goal post That'll like it's the balance beam while Tina Turner is uh, at – it's at the yard line singing, uh, what's love got to do with it? That is some wild timing. Rest in peace, by the way. And uh, see how that goes. Or go to uh, downtown Chicago on Michigan Avenue and have a, a video screen up on one of the skyscrapers uh, for people to look up at and uh, ask people that are you know walking by uh, at the, uh, the start of the Green Bay Packers Chicago game and ask them, okay, uh, who wins this game? And just keep flashing game after game after game after game after game of Chicago versus Green Bay at the beginning and ask them who wins. And uh, I would love to see just the absolute tears of, of agony and despair after they see how many games Green Bay actually has won over the years. So uh, just just throwing some ideas out there. So have a great one. I'm out. Yeah, I mean it. It is a little bit of a disappointment. Um, you know, I, I again, it, it's weird because I spend a lot of time kind of criticizing people and their ability to do jobs. But what I say has no impact on any of these football players, and it really doesn't matter. And if they're they're good, they're good, and they they get to stay and they get paid. And if they're not, then regardless of what I say, they're gone. You know, uh, eventually. I just feel like in this case, you're, you're talking about a guy that's probably guy or girl or whoever that's probably not making a ton of money, um, that is doing their absolute best and putting a lot of work in. And I understand, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't feel quite as cutthroat as <laughs> I guess I guess I feel about uh, the NFL. And when David Bakhtiari's throwing his weight around in such a way that, you know, even if he's joking around, it it's like, if I was that person in that job, and maybe I'm not qualified, maybe I shouldn't be there, maybe I am doing a bad job, and maybe they should be fired and replaced with somebody else, I don't know, but it just felt kind of crappy for David Bakhtiari to throw his weight around in such a way that's going to get some poor person fired that's doing their best, you know? You know, it's not like it's going to contribute to the wins or losses of the of the freaking team, it's just for fun, you know? I don't know. 
Yes, I want the social media to be better. I don't think it's very good, but I uh, just it just kind of made me uncomfortable the way that this person was being. I was just envisioning, you know, within 24 hours, that person gets fired and replaced by somebody else. I don't know. And maybe that would be for the best as far as the overall production. I just, it didn't mean enough to me to get somebody's dreams crushed and their life ruined getting fired or whatever. Okay. So I know this is a third call in 12 hours, but I haven't called in in the last four days. So I feel like I got this one coming. Promise this will be it for the next two days. Okay. It is Monday. I will not call in until Wednesday unless. Excuse me, Garrett. You called in on Tuesday and at 10 a.m., so that's less than 24 hours later. You dirty, filthy liar. And then you call in today again. So that's, so, you know, I mean, yeah, go ahead, finish your thing. Devontae Adams calls up and says, hey, I'd like to become a Packer again. Anyways, Ryan, I think I got a great idea. After listening to the last podcast and you playing a clip from The Office, which is always epic. Um, that scene from America's Got Talent and Andy is in front of Aaron Rodgers and two other uh, two other people. I can't even remember who they are. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, and oh, Rodgers says, you're just no good or something like that. You need to take that clip and every time Rodgers doesn't do something very well next season, uh, <laughs> you need to play that clip after it. So if there's anybody that can criticize Rodgers, it can be Rodgers. I'm out. That is a good point. That would be a pretty solid troll. I'm not going to lie. That would be pretty funny. Well, uh, I'm I'm going to forget, but if you want to remind me, like when the season starts and he makes a mistake, I will will probably oblige that one. That would be pretty funny. Well, I never thought I'd see the day, but uh, Lambeau Field is actually going to be hosting one of the major NFL events. I never thought we would have anything from the Super Bowl combine to anything, Uh anything, and we get the draft in 2025. So I guess my question is, is Backernet planning on uh, trying to get a spot in Radio Row uh, for that draft, or are you going to try to do anything like live on on site? Because I'm going to try to get tickets to go. That's going to be the most fun in the world. It's going to be a goddamn zoo because um, it's a small town, and you're going to have like every single team's fan base trying to come and hang out in a small town. But it's going to be awesome. Looking forward to it. Go back, go. It is weird because we're talking about two years from now, but at the same time, it's been like what 48 hours, and I feel like I'm way behind. Like I, I, I everything's ruined. Like. <laughs> Because I don't have like an official plan laid out, and no, there there absolutely will be something. I don't know exactly what it's going to be. I will be there. There's no doubt. Uh, the Packernet crew, in totality, with the exception of any poor soul that isn't for whatever reason able to make it, but there will be an expectation that they're all going to be there. Everybody needs to be there. I mean, I'm talking everybody. Everybody, every caller into Packernet after dark. I don't care if it's uh, Stephen Alaska or. Um, my buddy out in the UK or goose out in Canada. I don't care who you are. Um, you need to be there and, uh, there definitely needs to be some kind of a meetup. I also, uh, I got a message already. I think it was yesterday from, uh, Brady, uh, Brady Augustine who, um, we haven't been in touch in quite a while. We've done a lot of stuff together. Uh, he's still a absolute powerhouse in the, in the Facebook game. I think he still has the biggest Packers uh, Facebook page out there, at least insofar as, you know, non like CBS has a bigger one or something. I don't know. Uh, but I think even like bigger than Packers everywhere or whatever, it's, it's a massive, uh, Facebook page, but, um, he's already putting some plans together and, and asked if I'd be, uh, able to drop in and, and, uh, be a part of, of his goings on, which I of course agreed to. The logistics are going to be, uh, pretty wild, but, um, I don't know. In my mind, it's like, I, I feel like we need to be there for a week, right? Like the draft is three days, but I feel like the the amount of stuff that's there should be at least like a two day ramp up, at least two days, and then at least one day of actual like coverage the day after before like going home the day after that. We should just make a week out of it, man. I don't know where you're gonna stay. I don't know how we're gonna afford it, but there's so much going on. There's so much to do. It it it's it feels like it should be a an actual family vacation. Pack up the kids and the wife and freaking, I don't know, dog can find something to do. Find a field for him to play in or something. <laughs> Go run. He'll be all right.
But yeah, the, the amount of things that I would love to be able to do. And the crazy thing is there's so many Packers creators. You know how many parties there's going to be? Like, Brady from Green Bay Packer Nation is going to have one. We're going to have one. Uh, you know Nagler's going to be doing it up big. Uh, uh, Ramage, for sure. I'm sure Packaday and maybe Bukowski. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know who's all going to do it, but I, I feel like everybody's going to be doing something. So there's going to be so many meetups and so many parties and so many things and then you start thinking about all the different things and, you know, do you want it to be like a, feel like it'd be a failure if it isn't. See, 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 now you got me, now, now you got me thinking, cause it's like, I want to experience it. I want to be out there walking around. I don't want to be stuck somewhere. You know, th- this is the difference between me and, you know, the, the big media people who would love to be on radio row with a tiny little booth and just sitting in a booth, like feeling important. I want to be on the ground. Like if I miss the draft, like I can't be out there with the people walking around and enjoying things then I missed it. So it's tough. It's like, I, I, how do you balance being there and actually experiencing it and uh, being a creator? But we got to figure that out. We got to figure out the logistics of, you know, I, I think ideally setting up some kind of a mobile station, whether that just be a cell phone that can stream from anywhere or a little pop-up freaking, we'll, we'll just me and the boys will carry some tables around and some, some battery packs and we'll set up some little, uh, We'll just find little spots to put little pop-up tables. You know, I don't. I think that'd be super cool. We'll uh, haul around a trailer that has like a little Weber grill and some charcoal and cooler full of meat and drinks. Just kind of tool around, pop up in a new spot, put on a couple brats and flip up the table. I don't know. That would be ideal, but that probably won't happen. But yeah, that would that would be um, certainly there will be plans. No, no doubt about that. I just, I don't know what it is. I haven't really begun because I don't really know where to begin. I don't think you can, I don't want to book anything because it's like, I, I can't. It's one of those, you know, I gotta, even if it was available, it's not going to be like, Hey honey, I booked a vacation for us in two years. <laughs> but it's, it's certainly, there's a lot of people putting in a lot of work and that's why I feel so far behind because I haven't done hardly any aside from saying, I can't wait to be there. But, um, It'll work out, man. I really don't. I, I'm really not that worried about it. If if it gets to be too late and it's a massive disappointment because I don't have a place, I, I don't care. I will go there and I will enjoy it. And if it just means popping out my cell phone and going live with uh, me and the boys, you know, like during a pick so we can get the live reaction and jump up and down and just kind of do some scenery shots and whatnot once in a while and just tweet out some meet up, hey, we're over here right now, Come come see us. It, it doesn't have to be a major production. And, and so it's it's one of those things where if it's not the biggest thing in the world, it's still going to be a blast. In fact, the bigger it is, the more it, you know, I don't want to say it's going to suck because it won't suck, but the more it might be kind of limiting, you know, because obviously, I mean, you could work on getting like a big Airbnb and just having this big bash and setting up a studio and having a bunch of people over and grilling outside, but then you're missing it all, you know? So I don't know. These are the things we got to sort through, but that is the expectation is, uh, Certainly would like everybody to to be there, and I don't just mean the Packernet team. I mean everybody. In fact, it would be. I was just thinking about this. It would be super cool is if we had even if it's not T-shirts because those can kind of be expensive. Although it might be worth it if we just had T-shirts that had like the the name that everybody knew knew us. But could you imagine walking around Green Bay and you walk by somebody and it says twelve sixty five fan or something or Jersey Mike? Like no freaking way. You know, mine will just say Pack Daddy. Nothing, nothing, you know, something that's identifiable, like a bright color or something maybe, I don't know, so you can kind of see it from a long way away, like a lime green, be like, ooh, there's a lime green, what's that? But then that'll be like the Packernet crew. And by crew, I mean literally anybody that feels like being a part of it. Something that's identifiable, so as you walk through, you can be like, dude, check it out, lime green. Aside from the one rando who's just wearing lime green for fun, like a Seahawks fan or something. Like, hey, what's up, bud? <laughs> what, freak? Freaking Packer fans are weird. They keep coming up to me, giving me this weird look. I know nobody wants to wear a lime green. I'm just saying. Some kind of an identifier would be freaking awesome. I would love I would love nothing more than to walk through and just see like randos with like a Packernet thing. Even if you've never called in or whatever, you're just a longtime listener and you want to wear like this Packernet thing. I don't care if it's a freaking button. Just to say, yes, I'm a listener. And just see those all, just see buttons all over the place. I, that would make me the happiest person on planet Earth. Hey, Ron, it's Jersey Mike again. Hey. Um, so I heard we're looking for, I don't know, the theme song is for Jordan Love or for the, the team, but... I forgot. Uh, okay, hear me out. Okay. I don't have a hype song. 
Because this isn't really a hype song. It's a theme song for the season in this team. Okay. All right. Um, I, I do not suggest playing it here. There's a lot of words <laughs> that uh, just cannot be said on your podcast, but it is the song. Oh, my God. I just remembered it. Okay. False Prophet by J. Cole. Okay. Um, and basically the whole song the entire time is like talking about how, you know, unrealistic expectations were and how he didn't see the forest of the trees. And once he did, he like saw, he's like, oh my God, like everybody's a lie here. So, so what my thinking is behind this is like, all right, this whole Rogers saga, He's the false prophet. He's one of those guys that thinks he's so full of himself and all this stuff. He says he's so good, he's so good, but turns around it wasn't him that was good. It was the people around him that made him great, right? Um, Devontae Adams, uh, Jordy Nelson, um, um, Greg Jennings, uh, uh, James Jones. Um, yeah, just some of those guys. Um, but anyway, so so it's one of those songs where honestly, if you catch the beat. It's not gonna, it's not gonna get you like headbanging or like really up in your thing, but for somebody like me, you know, it, it, it's like, it's that sobering moment where like a life is in your face. Thank you, Peanut Gallery. And, uh, you, you've decided that like, you know what? Screw it all. I'm, I'm gonna be the one to fix this. I'm gonna change this because this is unacceptable. Um, I, I, I'd like, that's that's the whole. I feel like that's the theme of the song. It's like I can't believe I didn't see this stuff, and now that I'm here, like damn, really? Like re- okay, let's do it. And and so yeah. So anyway, false prophets, J Cole. I think I think that should be the theme song. You know, people should be walking around the building in Lambo, thinking to themselves, you know, is this really what people think about us? Is this is this really what we seen as? We was this high, idolized, mighty thing, and we was just the show. It was just a joke. I want people to internalize that in that building. Like, I want to internalize that as a Packers fan base. Like, we were told all of these things about Aaron Rodgers, but one Super Bowl, homie, one Super Bowl, he could never really get it done in the playoffs outside of having probably the best defense that the Packers have had in the last, whatever, 20, 20-ish years. Well, besides that, what, 90, 90, I forget whatever the first one was when they beat the snot out of the Patriots. Anyway, go Pack go. Well, I can't play it. I guess I could go listen to it, but I could just take your word for it. It sounds, it sounds. I mean, you've put your vote in. We can allow people to uh, make their own decision on whether that makes. I, I think it. I think it works. It works, right? I don't know. It'd be better if I could play it, but I can't. I mean, I could, and I could just bleep it. It's a lot of work, man. We're getting to the end of the podcast. I still have to record tomorrow's podcast. I'm not even entirely sure how to fill up tomorrow's podcast. Um, I don't think I have enough, so I gotta, I gotta go like do research and then do the podcast. So, um, Jersey Mike, I'm, I'm gonna just take your word for it that that is an awesome idea, and uh, we're gonna leave it at that. Hey, Ryan Denner from California. Hey. I just saw Jordan Love's jersey sales. He was number seven for the month of April. Oh, yeah? Pretty good. Uh, I think we could do better. Support our guy. Even if he sucks, we'll keep that jersey. Who knows? I think he'll be good, but I'm going to go get one. Got to pump those numbers up. Got to get him top five. But just wait. Maybe next offseason will be top three. We'll see. Go back up. Yeah, I mean, a seven ain't bad for a for a guy that hasn't done anything, and I I would say the majority, more than fifty percent, think he's not going to be very good. If that dude comes out and lights it up, his sales are going to go through the absolute freaking roof. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm, who would? I I don't want to be ridiculous and say number one because it's like, oh, you're forgetting about these guys. I'm trying to think of who would probably stay ahead. But here's the other thing, you know, people, Bears fans love like bragging, oh. Justin Fields was the number one selling jersey in the state of Wisconsin. That shows how much you guys... Dude, everybody has an Aaron Rodgers jersey. All right? So quarterbacks sell, and um, there's a bunch of... I mean, we're on the border, so there's a lot of borderland, Bear fan, Chicago Bears, uh, Kenosha people and whatnot that are freaking out about Fields, so they all bought a bunch of Fields jerseys. And everybody already has a Rodgers jersey that wants one. Nobody in year 14 was like, you know... I think I want a Rodgers jersey. I mean, very few. So, yeah, I mean, he he's going to go through the absolute roof, and, and even some of the bigger um, quarterbacks 
there's a potential that he could be higher than because everybody has a Mahomes jersey that wants one. So who's he competing with? I guess some of the rookies this year or whatever, but yeah. I mean, if he's seven now with nobody even liking the guy, I would be surprised if he's not, I mean, certain, I mean, easily top five, probably top three. We'll see how high we can get from there. All right, let's do one more and we'll get out of here. What's up, Brian? This is Blake's dad. Hey. Um, as you know, uh, the draft is coming to Lambeau in 2025. Yes, sir. I will be there. There's awesome. no way I'm not going to go to that. How about you come up there? I know you. So, again, just to reiterate, I would like you in some way to rep Blake's dad, whether it's a Blake's dad shirt, a Blake's dad hat, Blake's dad freaking button, Blake's dad vest, freaking tattoo. I don't care. But we got to be able to see, hey, dude, that's Blake's dad from uh, Packernet After Dark. You love crowds. I know you love being around people. It'd be a great place for you to be. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure they're going to have music and stuff. Who would be a band or an artist or a mm. singer that if they came there, you'd actually you'd consider going? <laughs> um, let me know. I'd be kind of interested to see uh, what would get... But we'd get Ryan out of the house, drive up to Lambo, and have all these crazy bands and people screaming around. I'm sure that'd be your favorite place. Let me know. Bye. Well, um, I surprised myself even the fact that I'm so excited about the draft. There are certain things that I do. Like, for example, love vacations, which doesn't seem to make sense for somebody that likes to stay home and doesn't like crowds. Dude, I will, I will live at SeaWorld. I don't care. Going to the beach, going to friggin' hotels, restaurants, like all that stuff. I dig that stuff. There's just some things where the stress level is really high. You know, stadiums and whatnot, it's a lot of work. And it's just better to sit and watch it on my TV than to go and battle all those people. And I can't even see the feet so far away, you know, all that stuff. But something like the draft, I think, would be amazing. In fact, I would love to be able to go to the draft every year in every city. I'm hoping maybe there's a time when that happens. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe 2025 will be the test run, see how it goes. But anyways, what band? I don't, like, what bands were even performing at the... I don't even know. See if we can find out here. NFL announces day one festivities to take place. Kansas City, Missouri. That would have been a good one to go to, man. I'm still sad I didn't go. Let's see. Uh, Red Carpet. World War I Museum and Memorial. Multi-Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter and Kansas City's own Oletta Adams will perform Lift Every Voice and Sing live from downtown. Okay. Rising country music star Britney Spencer will sing the national anthem. I don't know her either. Kansas City party band Lost Wax will serve as the house band. Since it's all local, I, I feel like we should have somebody like Pat McCurdy or something. Probably should be there at the draft, right, performing. If we're doing like local, uh, you want a real taste of Wisconsin, Pat McCurdy's the place to be. Place to be, the, the, the guy to have there. I will say, Pat McCurdy, if, if you don't know, and I, it's probably mostly a Wisconsin thing, you see him at Summerfest and whatnot, he is one of the more fun performers that you're going to see. Everybody knows his songs, so everybody's singing along to him. Um, you got songs like Sex and Beer, again, very so he's Irish, Irish folk music sounding type stuff, but it's all very, like, adult, and just it's just a lot of fun. And again, with everybody knowing the, the words, it's just, it's a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, songs like Screw You breakup song tribute to the 80s tribute to the 90s and then just some uh, fun irish stuff So again, it's a, it's a fun time. And I, when I think of like the atmosphere there, that's kind of what I think of. Is it a big act? No. But as I'm reading the uh, Kansas City, it's like, it's here's local so-and-so that nobody's ever heard of singing this song. Like, okay, I don't know what that is. It's stupid. If we're, if we're going to play that game, all right, we're doing Pat McCurdy then. Uh, another, I just brought them up recently. Another Wisconsin band is Violent Femmes. It'd be a good one. With the help of Google, I found out Steve Miller is actually from Milwaukee, from the Steve Miller band, for looking for bigger acts. Reading his uh, Wikipedia, apparently Les Paul used to go over to his house a lot. Les Paul's a big Wisconsin guy, guitar maker and whatnot. I think that'd be fun, though. Like, Violent Femmes and Pat McCurdy are fun. I think that would contribute to the, the atmosphere. 
It's actually kind of funny. I was looking at Pat McCurdy's uh, YouTube channel, slipping through it, and a relative of mine, technically speaking, was on the uh, the video. His agent is my kind of my cousin's spouse or whatever. My dad's my dad's cousin's husband, something like that. But anyways, I saw his picture and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And he's wearing a Packers shirt because it's just Wisconsin, man. But anyways, I do intend to be there regardless of music, festivities, whatever, and I hope you guys have your stupid-looking little buttons on. <laughs> okay. You guys have a good night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.